The Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. I am now about to speak to Maine Anders. Maine as in M-A-I-N-E, but Maine as she is an M-A-I-N attraction. She is a hotshot burlesque dancer, and she once told me she's going to keep doing it as long as she's alive. Where are you working at the moment, sweetie? Oh, uh, well, I have a couple of residencies in the city. I have two residencies at Bathtub Gin. It's a speakeasy. The front of the place is a coffee shop, and then you walk through a door, and it opens up to this beautiful cocktail lounge. And the other place that I have a residency is Kobe Club. That's also in Chelsea, another speakeasy. And I have House of Yes. I host that show. It's a show called Dirty Circus. And it's on Wednesdays. I'm afraid to ask, what does Dirty Circus stand for? Well, you know, it's not your Barnum and Bailey situation. It's not like a Barnum. Was that what they call it? That the one with all the zoo animals? Yeah. Well, whatever. Who cares what they call it? Go ahead. It's it's for the adult. (laughs) Oh. Okay, okay, okay. You can start for anybody who might not have seen your work. How did you start in the first place, sweetie? You know, I didn't even know that I was doing burlesque until one day I was performing at a nightclub called The Limelight, and I was a go-go dancer there. And when I was done performing, someone asked me to do their burlesque show, and I said yes because I was you know, young and fresh and straight from Georgia and wet behind the ears. And I said, yes, not knowing what it was because, you know, always take the gig. And I ended up realizing that I was doing burlesque, which means stripping it down to pasties and a thong, lots of rhinestones and feathers and just being the ultimate showgirl. Yeah, but if you had never done it before, I mean, my body is not really ripe for doing all of this. But if somebody asked me to do it right now, I wouldn't know what to do. How did you know for the first the first shot what you're supposed to do? Well, I think that it's something that I probably had in my blood from the time I was in the womb. But I, okay. I grew up watching all these amazing movies like Sweet Charity and Flashdance and I mean, breakfast at Tiffany's when Audrey Hepburn leans over and she says, do you think she's handsomely paid? So I was always drawn (laughs) to, you know, Gigi and all these iconic films, and they were always showgirls. So I think that I I just wanted to emulate those characters, and I always wanted to move to New York, and I just took a chance and went with it. It felt right. So in case somebody doesn't know your your background. Why don't you tell us how you started and where are you from? I know I know how you started. Where are you from and where did you go to school and what were your parents like, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Okay, so I, I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. I grew up in the suburb yeah. in Marietta, Georgia, and my parents, my mom was an educator, my dad was a dentist. And so they were very strict about me going to college. So I went to school for cultural anthropology with a minor in Spanish. I got a National Science Foundation grant to study in Oaxaca, Mexico for the summer. I presented papers all over the country, national papers. And I was on my way to grad school at University of Michigan. 
and uh, decided to take a sharp turn to New York City and become a showgirl. And my parents. I mean, I this crazy. is a, like a large. This is a large leap from science and anthropology. I mean, shaking it and showing it. How do you how do you do that if you're studying science and anthropology? What did I miss here? Well, I always I was always a dancer. I studied ballet when I was a kid, really young, and I was always drawn to dance. So I learned African belly dance, samba, modern. I loved Fosse growing up. I had routines to Fosse, and it was just always in me. When I was probably in middle school or high school, my older sister Charla introduced me to Josephine Baker and Alvin Ailey oh and Catherine Dunham. And Catherine Dunham, that she was best friends with Josephine Baker. She was an anthropologist, and she went all over the world and studied different dance forms and wrote beautiful papers and shared those dances with people. There's actually a, a, a dance that's known as the Dunham Technique now, and she wanted to shake it. She, um, she was the choreographer for Stormy, Stormy Weather. So if your mother she say about her child going this way? She didn't like it at all. Oh, she was. So yeah, sick. well, I would figure. Yeah. <laughs> she said, no child of mine is going <laughs> to shake it on top of some bar. And I was like, well, there's a stage. Well, sometimes I've shaken it on top of bars, but don't tell her that. She doesn't need to know that. <laughs> um, she got over it, though, because she came to see me at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. And she came backstage and after she saw all of the glitz and glam and the makeup bars and ph photographers and wardrobe, she said, Hey kid, this is major. You're really doing it. And she left me alone after that. And fast forward, she showed all her friends when I was on PBS cheek to cheek with Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga and my good friends, Brian Newman that plays trumpet for her. And my, my burlesque sister, Angie Pontani, that's married to Brian. So she just, she gets it now. I've done films because of my burlesque career. I've been in the New York Times twice and Optimist. And wow, I mean, so many different publications that have just really celebrated what I do. And, and what? you? <laughs> Which has been on my bucket what? list, let me tell you. But so when you came to New York, you did what? You didn't know your way around New York. You didn't know anybody in New York. What was it like to to be a, a a young lady here alone without a job? It was pretty scary to be here. Um, I had a U-Haul, a boyfriend, a carton of cigarettes, a six-pack of beer, and uh, $20 in my pocket. And I didn't know what I was going to do, but I, I ended up answering an ad in the back of the Village Voice. Can you believe that's when, like, oh, oh, yeah. we still had papers? Okay. <laughs> and I answered an yeah, ad. Thank they were you. Looking for, <laughs> yeah. They were looking for belly dancers, and I went and auditioned, and that's how I got my first dance gig in New York City at the Sound Factory, uh, a, a really big nightclub during that time. Has anybody been not nice to you? We're all worrying that the world is not as nice as it used to be, and there's a lot of difficulty going on. How has everyone been respectful? 
or or not? What about a guy? How how does it work when they watch you? You know, I have to tell you, most of the time people are really respectful because they they love the glamour and they love being entertained. And I like to make it, you know, my priority to have everyone feel like they're having a great time and like they're part of the show by interacting with them. So it's a reciprocal exchange for me. I have had my time of people being rude or a little frisky with their hands and I'm not afraid to slap a hand or have someone thrown out or throw them out myself. But most of the time men are pretty, have a pretty good understanding of a no hands policy. The ladies, however, can get a little handsy, let me tell you, because they're like, ooh, we have the same body parts. And I'm like, but you can't touch, lady. So they still, some people still get a little frisky, but most of the time they're really, really you mean You mean the ladies reach out to touch you? Yes. Women, women are crazy. They're, they feel like, hey, we got the same thing. So let's, what's, what's a little spank or a little, little pat on the boobie? And I'm like, okay, calm down now. <laughs> The men are usually sitting on their hands with their eyes really wide. <laughs> Where does a stripper learn to strip? There's no school for it. Well, you know, there is a school for it. There are several schools all over the world. I've taught at a lot of them. There's a school that I, I teach regularly at, uh, in Reykjavik. There's the New York School of Burlesque that I teach regularly. That's run by Joe Weldon. Um there, I mean, all over, all over the world, there are schools. But I have to tell you, uh, to be honest, and to quote uh, the the legend Tanga Ray, Stephanie Johnson, she said, "You can't teach talent. So you can take the classes, but if you don't have that certain je ne sais quoi, it doesn't really go over so well." Yeah, yeah. When you become it aged. And your body becomes a bit older. Are you going to shake it if it shakes by itself? I'm going to tell you one thing, Cindy. When I become aged, I am going to, if they're sagging low, I'm going to flip <laughs> them over my back and, and shake them from behind. And I'll turn around and look at everyone. I'll be a specialty act. And I'll have rhinestone tennis balls on my walker. I think you're. I think you're terrific. In other words, you're not going to take a second job as a secretary anywhere, right? I don't even know how to how to type. I, yeah, I, well, figures. I'm, I'm, I'm a yeah, yeah. I'm a poker. I skipped that class. I, I wanted to get out of school early that year, so I, I took a work program and worked at a hair salon giving uh, shampoos and shoulder rubs, legally shoulder rubs. So tell me where now can we go see you? Explain to the listeners, where are you showing your boobs and behinds and everything else? <laughs> okay, so the places I really love, Bathtub Gin, that's in Chelsea. Yeah. Cody Club, also in Chelsea. House of Yes, in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And for people that live out of town, I'll be doing... Pepper Grind Striptacular. It's the 10th annual winter striptacular in Kunamaset Ballroom. And that's going to be December 14th, 15th, 17th, and 18th at 7.30 p.m. And that's in Cape Cod. So for all of those um, lobster lovers and lobster roll lovers, they can come see me shake it out there with my good friends. There's even some boy left in that show. I don't think that you're going to work in Utah. Are you? 
Oh, there's a burlesque festival in Utah. As well. You're joking so, with me. We are spreading. We are spreading all over. We're sparkling and we're spreading all over the world. You know, they say glitter is contagious. So we're just, just spraying everybody with glitter sparkles. Maine, I think you're adorable, and every couple of years, if I can't touch your behind or any other part of you, at least we can talk. Cindy, you're the only person that I would, like, be glad to spank me. Let me tell you that. <laughs> I, I want to be you when I grow up, and I, I, I just adore you, and I love you so much. Thanks, honey. Thank you, Maine. Thanks, sweetie. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 